And welcome to the WWE Raw Wrestling Headlines review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and we are live here on Wrestling Headlines YouTube, and will be available in podcast form later. Uh, links in the description, or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.com for all your latest wrestling news. Realize my headphones not on my ear, uh, but yeah. So the WWE Championship is up for grabs. It's Bobby Lashley. Going to become the WWE champion. Is he set to become champion next week? Did this show set us up? We'll have a little look-see in an intriguing WWE championship scene. But yeah, today's review is going to be talking about the Monday Night Raw after the Elimination Chamber 2021, in which we saw The Miz defeat Drew McIntyre after the Chamber match by cashing in his Money in the Bank beefcase, after Bobby Lashley had given Drew McIntyre a post-Chamber beating, after <laughs> The Miz had been seen talking to MVP after the United States Championship match at Elimination Chamber in which Bobby Lashley had lost the championship thanks to John Morrison, The Miz's partner, getting pinned by Riddle. It all ties together. <laughs> it's all lovely. And uh, somebody brought up that way back in the summer, the uh, MVP said that to Drew, when you lose the WWE Championship, I will be directly involved. To which people... Also, quite a few people social media were like, oh my god, that's amazing, that's fantastic, that's an awesome little tie thing to it. I then went, no, wait, no, he said that when Bobby Lashley was challenging him for the title, so it was all to do with that feud. That's not long-term storytelling. <laughs> that is written for that one feud. Once it had finished, the writing is done. That's not long-term storytelling. Long-term storytelling is if when they wrote that, they wrote it with the direct purpose of it coming back now. That's what long-term storytelling really is. And you would have seen foreshadowing. These little cheeky bits can be dropped when you write like that. I'm not saying it's a negative. I'm just saying that's not how WWE write. It's not long-term storytelling. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. That it's not a con. This is not how they write. But I am really in on the Bobby Lashley stuff. Bobby Lee Lashley's. Oh, I said his name wrong. I said his nickname wrong. It's Bobby Lee Lashley. Bobby, Bobby Lee Lashes. There we go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Great start to the show. I am knackered. <laughs> but yeah. It was, uh, I, I just want to start off by saying I'm really into the Bobby Lashley stuff that's currently happening, his storyline with The Miz, and I, th I did really enjoy Braun Strowman being thrown in there as well. And there's a few other possibilities that could happen to cost Bobby Lashley next week, but all in all, yeah, Impy's up for it. I'm enjoying what is happening with Bobby Lashley in the WWE Championship scene right now, and it's all, it's all building up nicely. Because that was my main point. I saw some negativity on The Miz. I saw some kind of... I'll call it blowing out of proportion praise. Because I was all for it. But it had absolutely nothing to do with anything like... Oh, he deserves it or anything like that. It was absolutely nothing to do with that. It was purely because... And I wouldn't even say I was excited because his character has been booked well. Because his character hasn't been booked well. It felt like a mid-card kind of jokey character for a while. And I've not been able to get invested in him for the past year especially... Uh, for me, him and Morrison's kind of character border on irritating sometimes. <laughs> and uh, they don't really have any momentum behind them as characters in the world. So him winning the championship, the entire point is he's not going to be a strong champion. And yeah, so the characters didn't have momentum behind them, but the story seems to be working that way. 
And uh, I'm not so I'm not all for it because of oh the movie's deserved it. No, I'm for it because they and they appear to be telling the exact story that I hoped they would. The exact reason I was excited for this championship reign is because it's a really great way to get the title onto Bobby Lashley, who has been an amazing dominant force, can elevate him into the main event scene, and you have Drew McIntyre beat him. The only con being that that means Bobby Lashley doesn't have that long a reign in spite of an incredible rehab year with the Hurt Business. My God, the difference a year makes. This time last year, Bobby Lashley was in a love triangle storyline thing <laughs> where he'd stolen Lana from Rusev and they were doing that whole storyline. Rusev would leave shortly before WrestleMania, if I'm right. And yeah, to say he was heading into a WrestleMania when he was still accompanied by Lana. It was, it was as heading to like a filler early, like second match or something, uh, like a nothing match at WrestleMania with Lana by his side. That was his window after a storyline that just hadn't caught on, hadn't really grabbed an audience's attention. And that, again, that was after they'd really struggled to find his kind of character when they tried to push him as a baby face. They did this massive kind of angle with Lana and that just, yeah, I've never been a fan of the soap opera stuff, but it just wasn't good. <laughs> it's the best way to put it. But they found a way. A whole year of strong, dominant rehab. And now the excitement, I'm not the only one, the excitement for Bobby Lashley on top. And for me, it's kind of, it kind of gives more force behind. I was one of the people who was quite excited when he got re-signed to WWE because I had seen his work in Impact slash TNA. I'd seen this dominant champion who had just controlled that main event scene by being an absolute dominator of a force. And then he came to WWE and Brock Lesnar was doing that. <laughs> and he was, it's like, well, he signed Bobby Lashley, but he could not be the Bobby Lashley character that we'd seen that fans had actually gotten back into uh, in the recent years. So they tried to rehab something else, trying to figure out something else, sorry. And... Yeah, it wasn't great. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> they really struggled to find something. This time he's aimed Bobby Lashley anger with Bobby Lashley's sisters. Uh, uh. A segment so good that I immediately just turned off the episode. I didn't turn it back on um, until SummerSlam. And I want to say that episode aired in May. So, yeah. Yeah, there was an episode where I was like, why am I watching this crap? And I just turned it off. I wasn't doing like reviews every week at that point. I, I had a Thursday. I think I just started doing a Thursday thing for Lords of Pain at the time. And, yeah, yeah, I could talk about whatever I wanted. <laughs> so I did that. <laughs> and I didn't, yeah, I I could skip Raw. I saw, went into New Japan world. That was my happy place. 2019, something else happened. And that's the tangent I'm talking about Bobby Lashley. <laughs> Point being, his character has gone from being in segments like that to segments like this, <laughs> this week. Being a focal point of an episode related to the WWE Championship. Because really, this was a one-match show. There were other segments that kind of built around it. But for me, a lot of this show felt like filler in a way. Like they had their main hot angle. And the main, the main hot angle was hot. It was good. The stuff we did with the Miz and the Championship, with the ultimatum for the first hour, then the what's going to happen with Bobby Lashley and Strowman building to the end of the show. And then that sets you up for next week too. It's, it's great stuff. I'm really into it. But in terms of the actual core of the show around all of that, for me, it just kind of like falls apart. If I like, I really enjoyed the first hour because it had that build to the the, the ultimatum for from Bobby Lashley for the Miz to answer, and it had the, the countdown appearing at the time. You had uh, the new US champion in Riddle having a strong match with John Morrison. 
yeah, it was a decent first hour. But then after that, for the ne- all the way until the main event, I felt like it was just re- repeated matches and filler. And <laughs> it's just like, I, I just zoned out of the show. I didn't think it was that good a show. But this is where the WrestleMania season kicks in. I didn't enjoy the bulk of this show, but I absolutely loved everything to do with the Miz, Bobby Lashley and Strowman. So, how do I rate a show like this? <laughs> it's a really difficult one. I mean, really, this is not often. This is often where I'd say just watch the main event stuff on YouTube, which I guess a lot of people do now. It's um, I don't know what like what if there's a generational cut off, but I can honestly say a lot of people watch the WWE just videos on YouTube, and that's how they kind of catch up. I did it for a period, the, the, before, uh, a year or so before I started doing this. But yeah, it's a, in, yeah, it's an interesting one to review. Because <laughs> I'll talk about the Bobby Lashley stuff first. I've done a little kind of revisit to his WWE career so far, but that's so I can go into like why I'm enjoying this so much right now. Because again, it's an intri- intriguing WWE Championship scene, and it can you can tell which part of the show they know exactly where they're going with it for WrestleMania, or at least Fastlane the, the next week or so. Like it was again, it's a Raw full of repeat matches going nowhere and acts in limbo as they figure out direction for WrestleMania. But not Bobby Lashley. He seems <laughs> he's one of the guys with direction, and I can't wait to. See next week. They've built it up. They've built up next week. And the hype for Bobby Lashley becoming champion is real. So we kicked off Raw with our new WWE champion in The Miz. And on the Aftershock review for uh, Elimination Chamber, I talked about how Miz as champion positively... Uh, I talked about him positively, in my review. Like, it's all positive that Miz ain't getting anywhere near WrestleMania with that championship. For me, as soon as I had Bobby Lashley attack and The Miz wins, after you've seen The Miz talking to MVP... No way in hell is The Miz making it to WrestleMania's champion. Just not happening. The question for me more is when is Bobby Lashley going to defeat him rather than if. There are potential scenarios of Bobby Lashley facing somebody else and that someone else costing him next week. However, I felt like this Raw was giving The Miz a week as champion and you build to Bobby Lashley beating him rather than just doing it in a show. And it's one of the scenarios... I was I was fearing they'd leave it to Fastlane like a month like four weeks away, and I was I was fearing they'd do something else. However, like for me, the complete wrong way to go is the Miz versus Drew McIntyre. Because yes, you want to see you want to see Miz lose the championship, but at WrestleMania, you don't want to see really you don't want to see the kind of the champion where the kind of line of it is he's not a respected champion, and you that's why you want to see him lose. Like, no, I'd rather he face the Destroyer guy, <laughs> personally. <laughs> As in, Drew McIntyre has to dig deep and fight this behemoth of a, guard, of a like, momentum on the side of Bobby Lashley. Like, that's what, that's what I'd prefer to see, in terms of getting that pop for Drew McIntyre. Yeah, face... Bobby Lashley is m- a much stronger mountain, much more difficult for Drew McIntyre to climb. Whilst he defeats The Miz, it's, the reaction's more for me, like, of course he does. So, yeah, your, your storyline has been he's not a proper champion, so... Beat him sooner rather than later. Like, face the consequences of his actions. That's what I'd be fine with. And build to Miz Bad Bunny. That is the absolute perfect storyline for the Miz. Yeah. Him and Morrison versus Bad Bunny and... What's punishment? Martinez's name. (laughs) Breathe, Damien, breathe. I keep forgetting it. Like, yeah, those those in a tag match, I feel like it's the absolute perfect spot for him. And I feel like it would be a segment they'll absolutely nail. Bobby Lashley, Jim McIntyre, 
Welling. So uh, what did the business meeting entail from Elimination Chamber and huzzah to make things right for John Morrison losing Lashley's United States title to Riddle in the triple threat, Bobby would help Miz cash in but then he'd be the first in-line challenger for that WWE Championship. So yes, the exact outcome I was excited about. Uh, but the Miz just doing everything. Oh, I'm like, yeah, that was the deal. But yeah, oh, it's changed now that I'm champion. I've got so much to do. got so many responsibilities. He's doing everything he can to wiggle out of it. <laughs> just, again, this is the exact... Given how the Miz has been booked up to this point, this is the exact way I would have wanted it to go. And I was I loved the show setting pressure of Lashers giving the champion one single hour to respond, a countdown appearing on the screen during each segment as a constant reminder, and like Miz later on backstage complaining to Adam Pierce, like the man trying his best to wriggle out of it, do everything he can to not defend against Lashley. And my favourite part of all of that is in his attempts to wriggle out or and get out of Lashley, as in to not have to kind of be the coward take the coward's route and try and just not defend at all he made things infinitely worse <laughs> which i feel like is in terms of karma i felt like that was uh, like a really good flow throughout the show because we then finally at the end of the first hour we got to bobby lashley's ultimatum hour and like i liked lashley dressed for competition and then he went like with a grump on his face seeing miz in a suit with no intent to compete like bobby lashley's like I've given you an hour to respond, and I'm coming out to immediately compete. <laughs> As in, that is where his expectation is at. Uh, so the Miz coming out in a suit is well below expectation. And obviously, uh, the man that made the decision to do anything to the final moment in order to not have to defend against Bobby Lashley. And uh, yeah, uh, the Miz babbled on long enough for Braun Strowman. <laughs> I can't do the deep voice deep enough because I'm, uh, yeah, my voice is going, I'm knackered. Uh, to come on out to angrily make his point about being excluded from the Elimination Chamber in spite of being a former champion. But of course, they've already made the point it was former WWE champions and he was a former Universal champion. So that was a concept of the match. That's why he wasn't in it. But Braun's not having it. He's a, he's a former top champion, therefore he should have been in there. And uh, that's when booking saviour Shane McMahon shines his light once more on the building darkness before him. Uh, Braun's anger getting him in like, getting him in the match as Mrs. Caldis leads to things becoming infinitely worse for himself. It's like, yes, in terms of building over the hour, fantastic stuff. Uh, the big boy main event set as uh, Miz escapes a Bobby Lashley singles match right into a potential triple threat <laughs> against Braun Strowman and Lashley. And in terms of like karma paying dividends, yeah, that was, uh, I felt like it was a really strong first hour. And I felt like you could tell that possibly the rest of the show was either rewritten or was still being written as the show started. Because I felt like the first hour and the next two were like night and day. Really enjoyed the first hour, built really nicely, the ultimatum happened, and then for me the show fell off a cliff. <laughs> Until the main event, because the main event is back to that same angle. So, jumping to that main event of Big Braun Strowman versus Bigger Bobby Lashley. Actually, who is bigger? Is it, oh, Lashley's or Strowman? Yeah, two big lads. Who cares? It's wrestling. They're, two, they're both big. Uh, big Bob Lashley finally arriving in WWE. As we're saying, the all-dominating champion of his praise TNA slash Impact Wrestling past. Like, finally rearing its head in WWE. It's like, now do you see why there was so much hype after he rejoined WWE a couple years ago? So uh, months of hurt business rehab showing its work in the rebuilding of Lashley. Like I 
Personally, I love the way this played out. Like Lashley getting one more huge showing of might as Miz gets a whole show as champion compared to what I had in my head of Lashley immediately defeating him. You've teased that possibility, but then you definitely set it for next week. And yeah, I genuinely am looking forward to that. Like Braun, such a fantastic opponent for that one final elevation too. Like a former Universal Champion where Bobby really had to show his his power and strength to get over that dominance. Like Lashley really has been protected well and with it I'm all in on him walking into WrestleMania as champion. Uh, like kicking out of Braun's power slam finisher was like a great near fall as well. Uh, before like lifting the big man up high with that mighty spine buster setting up for the spear and beating the Stroh man. Like the on the post match beatdown as well, like teasing what was to come next week for Miz, like whose like attempted sneak attack ended up in him receiving his own spear. Like the show going off air on the image of Bobby Lashley holding the WWE Championship up high has WrestleMania just been foretold, or at least next week. Because there is the fear that you're setting up for Lashley to win and WWE just swerve. And again, because this felt like a show that... Because it was the way the next two hours played out with matches lasting such a short amount of time. It's like they realised they had time to fill. And that screams rewrites or it screams being finished off. At least the final hour being finished off as it's already started airing. That type of stuff. These are the kind of things that fall through the cracks when we've seen that news come out before. Yeah, it doesn't mean it definitely did, because you can still write the show and this be an issue again. But I... Yeah. <laughs> but, that said, Bobby Lashley as champion. Morning on it. My worry, and it's in the back of my head, because it's for me it's so blatantly the perfect path to go. And this week on this TV, it nailed it. There is the question of, well, the bigger audience in terms of like those watching will be at its... In terms of from now to Fastlane... Like, this show will be the height of it, and it'll kind of drop off a bit after here. In terms of viewership, did it make more sense to do the title change here? So, as in, more people saw it. More people will watch the opening segment than will watch next week for Bobby Lashley. That's that's just how it's going to go. However, personally, in terms of the build and the story itself, it has me more interested. In terms of somebody who is watching it, it gave me a reason to tune in next week and care, to get excited for the next show to see Bobby Lashley defeat The Miz, because you want to see it, uh, even though he's like the big, muscly bad guy. and Because I feel like the there was a question of, because Bobby Lashley feels like the big monster guy who's going to destroy the champion in The Miz, he wants to see lose, does that make Bobby Lashley a face? Personally, I feel like there's enough time, where over these, these kind of two weeks, you do go with that. You have Bobby Lashley destroy The Miz and it's a big kind of moment. He becomes champion, even if it feels a bit babyface because he's just a dominating guy, <laughs> in a way. He's big, muscly bastard. It doesn't really matter, as in you've got so much time from now to WrestleMania. Again, it's not a massive amount of time. WrestleMania is coming up in just over a month. and which, which, Again, when the hell... It's so weird. Why is Fastlane so close to WrestleMania? I need to... Actually, I need to check the date. When is WrestleMania? Just so I can check. Wrestle... WrestleMania 37. It is April 11th. Oh, sorry, April 10th, sorry, because of course, yeah. And Fastlane is in the... Fastlane 2021, that is in, like, late March. Yeah, 21st of March. For my, it's like three weeks. That's insane. <laughs> for WrestleMania. To have a pay-per-view, and then three weeks it's WrestleMania. 
Now, for me, that's like, yeah, no. <laughs> I'd personally, Elimination Chamber would be the last one, or Fastlane is like kind of wrapping up the stuff. Now, personally, like three weeks to Fastlane, four to WrestleMania, compared to four to Fastlane and then three to WrestleMania. That's so weird. <laughs> that is such a weird uh, little thing to done there. Anyway, my, uh, but yeah, so you have Bobby Lashley defeat him. Point being, you've then got about seven weeks. Yeah, because he got four weeks to wrestle Fastlane. You got seven weeks to get Bobby Lashley over as his all-dominating champion. It really does not matter that he might feel a bit of a babyface after defeating the Miz, because you've got seven weeks to make him that all-dominating beast, and he, his character hasn't changed, so you can just do the same stuff again. Uh, yeah, and you got Drew McIntyre building his feud with Sheamus, which can play out and keep him busy before becoming number one contender and facing Bobby Lashley. That's got me excited <laughs> would he become champion I bloody hope so that's the best way to put it because it when I say bloody hope so the build they've done is that so far essentially they, they've pretty much said Bobby Lashley's going to be beating The Miz next week get hyped for it but because it's WWE that's the message they've sent the worry is that in evidence of their past and they like their swerves and more often than not not often than not they have got a track record of setting up something like this. And when you're expecting something, they'll give you a swerve. Like, hey, you weren't expecting that, were you? Personally, predictability isn't always bad. Especially if you're building to a bigger thing. And so, for, because we're excited for Bobby Lashley to give us something else, even if it is Brock Lesnar Bobby Lashley. Like, if you are going to swerve us and we do get the Miz McIntyre at WrestleMania, personally, that's not the right, it's not the right time to do a swerve. Just because, we, we, because, again, it's because we're excited for the possibility of Bobby Lashley doing McIntyre at WrestleMania. That's, that means you've nailed your job. Don't change course just to give us a surprise. <laughs> no, you don't have to do it. It's fine. It's fine. It's all good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm now going to go through the rest of the show uh, in order. But it is, I just, I just want to say, these first 20 minutes are positive excitement. Because <laughs> I generally think they have done a really good job with Bobby Lashley. Well, great job with Bobby Lashley. And no, a mighty job, <laughs> Bobby Lashley. And I'm generally, they've done a really good, great job in hyping me up for the championship match next week. I want to see Bobby Lashley defeat the Miz. And in terms of pr promoting that, they've nailed it. In terms of building up the hype, job well done, because I want to see it. <laughs> that means you've nailed your job. And that means I'm getting looking forward to championship match at WrestleMania. Which means they've kind of nailed both of them. I'm into Roman Reigns Edge, and I'm into Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. They're doing a great job with both of those matches. So, not much of a complaint from Imp. <laughs> it's all going well. It's all, it's all turning up Millhouse. Uh, it's, gonna, the reason I'm kind of rehashing that is because this second half of this review is not going to be as positive. I'll start off positively because I did enjoy the kind of showing from the US champion. But the rest of the show is going to go downhill and I'm going to get more and more kind of negative as it goes on. <laughs> so... Case in point, this isn't an Imp hates WWE. Imp loves this, the main event angle. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, the next 20 minutes or so as I go through the rest of the card are not going to be as positive. Because I, on the whole, I did not enjoy this Raw. But the main event angle was so solid, how do you, you can't really mark the show down that much. Uh, and a lot of it wasn't technically bad. It was just, why should I care? Kind of stuff. It's a quick sit. Of my liquid help. <laughs> liquid help. <laughs> anyway, so John Morrison 
face the new United States champion, Riddle, in the opening match of the night. A, a nice, quick little opener to get our new United States champion a win uh, against the always innovative Morrison. I really liked how these two gel together. Uh, for me, these two really do well do well work. Do work well together. I, again, I'm knackered. Both lads are athletic with Riddle strength slash MMA style. A great pairing for Jomo's creative parkour flippies. In the end, Morrison had the champion down enough to climb up for the Starship pain. But Riddle pounced on the lad and, gift, and gifted, lifted him off into the Bro Derek. I say gifted him into the Bro Derek. <laughs> you want this, Joe Morrison. <laughs> you want this. Uh, Riddle finally gets to win on Monday Night Raw. And with that, so here comes a little bit of the negative because I thought this was like the best Riddle has looked on Monday Night Raw in ages. Uh, this was a showing that made a champion look a little bit stronger, which I'm all for. It means job well done on this particular night. And to be fair, the way they did it at the Elimination Chamber wasn't that bad either. I did enjoy the booking of that match. But it's not a rain. I'm particularly invested in at the start, at this starting point, given how decisively he was beaten by the previous champion for... Week after week after week. <laughs> it's just, why would I buy him as a champion given you're already questioning him being the one contender because he's been beaten and lost so regularly? As in, why on earth is he getting championship opportunities when he's lost to Bobby Lashley a few times before getting beaten up like soundly <laughs> on Monday Night Raw? As in, why is he a contender? That's kind of an immediate question. Uh, but in terms of on this specific show, this was a great match. Made the champion look, uh, yeah, he got a win, and he looked, he looked great doing it. Is it's showing he and Morrison are, are generally good together. So yeah. Uh, before we move on to the next match, I don't normally comment on the twenty four seven stuff. However, our truth got a legitimate laugh out of me <laughs> by referring to Bad Bunny as the guy who had just helped out Michael Jordan save the planet. And was like, yes, get in there with that Space Jam reference. <laughs> I'm all in on that. <laughs> yes, one of my favourite films as a kid. Uh, maybe not aged as well, given the soundtrack is very R. Kelly heavy. <laughs> but it is a uh, one of my childhood favourite films. So, yeah. Thank you, Audrey, for referencing Space Jam. <laughs> it, just, it did make me laugh. It, it, just in case you didn't get it or you don't know what Space Jam is, he did later in the segment call, just flat out call Bad Bunny Bugs Bunny. So the joke is, oh, he, he thinks he's Bugs Bunny. Where, obviously, if you think about it, it doesn't make sense. But it's the one act in our truth where that's fine. It's absolutely fine for our truths train of thought to not make sense, given his character. It's fine. That's not an issue. It's an issue when it's like a more serious story with a more serious character. With our truth. No, it's a perfect kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the next up match was New Day versus The Retribution. <sighs> Mason T-Bar representing Retribution. It's the big boys. It's not a great sign when I can preemptively write down New Day's opponents without seeing any promotional material beforehand. And that's exactly what I did here. New Day came out. I'd not seen any promotional material because I was absolutely knackered after covering Elimination Chamber on Sunday. I didn't see anything on Twitter. I just zonked completely out and woke up, on, woke up today, did the review, and I, did, I went in completely blind, which is nice. I didn't, again, not even any promotional material. I guess the Miz would open, that was a, but again, I didn't see anything to confirm that, so I didn't really know. But to see <laughs> that as soon as they came out, I was like, oh, they're going to face Retribution, are they? Aren't they? So, oh, but oh, they did kind of shift gears a little bit. They might not face Retribution. Oh, no, they are. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> uh, remember, 
If you're in a feud with somebody in the mid-card of WWE, you must face that opponent every single week. Every single <laughs> week. Like, oh, like, man, wasn't it nice last week with Kofi doing something else for that one episode of Raw <laughs> with the gauntlet? It's like, oh, yeah. That The audience has this amazing ability called memory. Like, you don't have to have the same entities facing off over and over and over till I'm tired and don't want to see it no more. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the booking curse of WWE where almost the centre part and bulk of the show is made up of whether well, in a feud, so therefore they must face each other every single week. And I felt like it's a kind of booking which was in the Attitude Era and kind of fit that era really well. And it's one of those, it's more like a booking show trope that WWE have held onto and built their kind of show structure around. However, I feel like times have changed and they've not adapted. And this is one of those things, especially in the way television is watched now, you do not need to feature the people in the feud to, for us to know that's the case. I guess case in point is AEW. The only act that seems to be doing it in that way, in terms of like really strong interaction for definite every single week, is Sting. And that's the angle getting the most criticism. But that's kind of like my case in point. Of that, that's the rest. Of, it's, that stands out because the rest of the show really does vary it up a lot, and to see that it's been a very kind of similar, similar but slightly different kind of stuff with uh, Sting and Taz, that it uh, yeah it sticks out. But that's how the whole of WWE's show is: <laughs> repeat segments with a slight twist throughout the entire show, uh, and like you can I say the entire show. I mean the entire mid card. That is what the mid-card is. It's the same stuff with a slight tweak, uh, which you don't need to do. <laughs> yeah, it just... It's, again, it's uh, like case on point with this. And uh, this is not the only match. I'll I'll bring it up when it's a match we've already seen taking place in the mid-card of uh, this show. But this is worse because it's just a nothing... It's a nothing angle. <laughs> it's not going to go anywhere. They've been teasing Mustafa Ali versus Kofi Kingston coming off of it, but is it actually going to go anywhere? Or is that just well an attempt to get you interested in the story, but it's mid-card, it doesn't really matter, it's not going anywhere. That's my worry. Uh, the match itself was uh, Retribution's big lad sending a message to the chamber-worn Kofi, uh, but Ali's guidance stopped his men from winning the match to inflict more damage, in the end costing them the match as the duo fought back. Uh, but this time it was clearly Ali's tactical fault. It wasn't them mucking up. They had the match won, possibly, and then Ali was like, no, do more, and that's what cost them. I mean, his post-match angry promo going off on his lads would like hold more weight if we hadn't already seen it a few times with like no effect from it. Like, it gets angry on, but he's always teasing anything, then it'd come out next week and nothing. So, oh, like, are they going to do anything with it this time? Like I'm not, we're not going to expect them to. It's, I feel like it's whenever they try to show characters that like, no, but remember what they are, and the next week we're reminded what they are. So, uh, yeah, why would I care about this particular one when nothing's come of the anger burst so far? Uh, yes, they could be teasing so, like something happening to an anger with one of the anger bursts. Personally, if they're going anywhere with it, because retribution is such a clear failure. And this, it sucks to say, but in, in the world with the characters, absolutely nothing to do with the wrestlers themselves. But in terms of the realms of the characters, Retribution has been such a clear failure that maybe when Ali's getting angry, his men finally have enough and 
essentially disband the group or go out on their own and just just get rid of Ali. Even though Ali's an absolutely fantastic wrestler. That said, Retribution as a group are clearly a failure and him getting angry at his men, for me, like maybe a way to go from it is after WrestleMania, maybe. You just immediately just split them up, have that be an angle, and then Ali gets beaten up by his guys. I don't know. <laughs> Trying to find a way to make it all feel like it's not all been worthless. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, you could you could maybe use this to propel the other guys and they destroy Mustafa Ali is clearly to is helming a group clearly failing. It's like, oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, New Day won this week, so they'll win next week. That's how it works. It's 50-50 booking of a few that's not going anywhere. That's, that's, that's my kind of critique of it. I do not expect the anger burst of Mustafa Ali to actually go anywhere. I bet next week they walk out and they face New Day. That is my prediction for Raw next week. In some way, New Day members will face retribution. And that is what we'll get. Maybe Ali will wrestle himself. But it's going to be New Day Retribution. And it will again the week after that. And the week after that. Then it's Fastlane. Or is it another week? <laughs> I forgot how many weeks it is. But that's my... Slightly pessimistic. But that is my prediction. It will go nowhere. But I... You've got something to work with. Well, Because like, Safari has done these anger bursts before. And you'd think... As they keep happening... Uh, this week as well, I felt like because they, they, they might, I'm assuming it was done on purpose, but in case it wasn't, he did his anger burst and it was clearly his fault his team lost this time. It wasn't just a mistake in there. Therefore, you can kind of change it a bit to his team re- realizing that they're not the weak links, even though Mustafa Ali's shouting at them that they are. That no, Mustafa Ali's he's actually the weak link. If they got rid of him, there might be a big, mighty, strong, <laughs> stable. Uh, I don't know. I'm chewing on nothing here. <laughs> but that's the hope. I hope it could go somewhere because right now it's waste of time kind of stuff and I would skip through it if I didn't have to do this. Anyway, the next up was the Tornado Tag Team match with Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander versus the Lucha House Party. Uh, repeat matchup alert. The champions once again facing the Lucha House Party but this time it's a Tornado Tag. After, again, we're into 50-50 booking world where I think, I think Lucha House Party beat them. Then the Hurt Business beat them. Then it was the combination of Matt Riddle and the Lucha House Party beating them. Then I think the Hurt Business won again. Unless I've, unless I've added a week that didn't exist. But they won this week. <laughs> so maybe that is the one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, th- like this show really has highlighted Raw's mid-card problem of giving us the same matches week after week after week, and this is yeah, another second match in a row of uh, repeat matchup alert. And uh, I'm a, 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 not to spoil things, but the next matchup is a repeat match. <laughs> so after this repeat match, which was after a repeat match, there's another one after this. What about the one after that? Is that another one? Uh, kind of. <laughs> That's where I put it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, in like internally. Seeing who was wrestling each other, this was an immediate skip in my head. But again, I am reviewing the show. I will pay attention. Like a match for the champions, but it's one that's not going anywhere or building to anything. Like it gets the lads on telly, but after so many matches, like why should I care? Uh, the Hurt Business looking to be finally back on the same page following Lashley's surge to the top, and yeah, that's kind of it. Where they were building maybe a bit of turmoil between Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. They're really struggling to get together this week, all on the same page. Uh, they, if there was a purpose, 
foreseen the hurt that Cedric has had to Shelton Benjamin in a tag team match this week, it was that. We saw them on the same page and the hurt business looking strong going into next week. I feel like that would be the main point of it. And the chaos able to flow a tad more thanks to the tornado rules with all four lads in at the same time. It let Lucha House Party get a bit more of a foot in for their Lucha things, but in the end, Cedric and Shelton's teamwork knocked the lights down. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it was a chaotic, relatively fun match, but we've seen it so many times in a row, I care less and less as weeks go on. <laughs> and I don't know, in terms of diminishing returns... I don't feel the same with the next segment because they've not been doing it long enough for me to get to that. Maybe if they wrestle again next week, maybe get in there. <laughs> but in terms of uh, Damian Priest with the now 24-7 champion Bad Bunny faced Angel Garza for the second time and the Priest and Bunny pairing continues to be a fantastic one on all levels. Uh, to have a star of Bunny's level who is clearly having a whale of a time taking part in these shows, like it's been such a win-win. I mean, it's another repeat match on the show, but in comparison to other stuff on this show, this pairing is relatively early on, so imp still positive. Like, uh, Priest continuing to get strong showings as he beats Gaza up with ease this week. At the uh, one time Gaza got on top, he immediately started chatting crap at Bad Bunny for like a full half minute. Great wrestling tactic. <laughs> Priest obviously uh, nading his finisher, newly named Hit the Lights, because Retribution already has dibs on the word reckoning, damn it. <laughs> you can't use it too. Uh, like, I like Priest being the, uh, the presence that keeps Bad Bunny as champion as well. As the 24 7 lads, uh, the kerfuffle of jobbers, <laughs> comes out with the, uh, to become 24 uh, 7 champion. And Damian Priest saves Bad Bunny from entering into any danger. So they benefit each other. Bad Bunny helps Damian Priest win his matches. And Damian Priest helps keep him 24-7 champion. Like, both guys benefit from it. Which is what's generally happening as well. Both guys are benefiting from this. <laughs> Again, have you seen the merch sales of Bad Bunny's stuff on WWE? Merchandise stuff. And uh, the publicity from him being champion and him being there. And all of that would be enough on Damian Priest. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been a really good way to get him over really quickly. I feel like after WrestleMania, they can immediately, like, already start to push him up the card. Because he's, I feel like it's going to work. Like, he and Bad Bunny versus Miz and Morrison. Yeah, WrestleMania, writes itself. Yeah. I feel what's helped with that is Bad Bunny being there every week. Like, you really get to see the pairing together. And they just naturally work together. And, like, they, they're, very, they're a very natural fit as well. Yeah, all for it. Anyway... Time to get excited. Ray Ripley's coming to Raw. Finally. Hopefully they've got a plan for her. <laughs> That's my worry. Whenever they do builds like this, uh, with they show the coming soon. Quite often, it's because they don't have a plan. They'll do the coming soon, and then when you arrive at TV, they'll do have you by beating Jobbers for a few weeks, and then you'll enter a feud with Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> so that's Ray Ripley's future. Uh, yeah. Anyway, time for something memorable. Randy Orton. Black goo. <laughs> Randy Orton's black goo promo. I'm sure he said words before it, but, you know, coughed up black goo, didn't he? <laughs> like, I jest. He talked about not being able to focus because he's distracted, not by the fiend, by, but by Alexa Bliss. But, um, black goo. <laughs> he's coughed up black goo. Uh, that's, uh, and that's the memorable part of the show. Yeah. The most memorable part of the show. <laughs> Randy Orton coughs up black goo. And you can use that as a meme if you want to. Charlotte Flair and Asuka versus Shayna Blazer and Nia Jax. I want to say 
repeat matchup alarm because it was the match at TLC. Am I being stupid? I swear they do. They face off at TLC. I swear they face off on Raw as well, but we've not got it consecutive weeks. So this is where the rule comes in a little bit because I had the Charlotte Flair, Lacey Evans stuff. Yes, Asuka's falling into the background. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax have been facing like Naomi and Lana to possibly build to that. But here, personally, <laughs> it doesn't quite count for the repeat matches because it's not consecutive. Yes, within a short window, we have seen this match. But in order for the repeat alarm bell to sound, they've got to be doing it in like week after week after week after week and that's not how it's worked <laughs> they have faced other people <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm sorry I can't count it even though for me for me that's not like the sin of this for me the sin of it is we go from Randy Orton goo he's <laughs> coughing up the black goo then we cut back to the ring and like, again the transition by the commentator is just in terms of how WWE write they are not equipped to transition at all <laughs> Or just to commentate on a uh, weird supernaturally thing and then transition to the rest of their show. Like, the, there is no... They are not equipped. They do not have the tools to do it. <laughs> so you'll get something like... Uh, I think I think on the show, it's something along the lines of Byron Saxon reaction like, oh, that... What, what, the, what the hell was that? And then Tom Phillips is going, well, let, let's refocus on Lacey Evans' pregnancy. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Such a weird transition. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, and then we go to this match, and there's no hype, no promos, no entrances for Charlotte Flair and Asuka versus Shayna Blazer and Nia Jax. They're like, oh, man, the Raw women's division is in no man's land right now. And the next sign for it was there was a women's tag team match later in the show, which had was like so Divas Eras-esque, where you've got like one minute of competition that also had no hype, no promo, no entrances. It's like, oh, it's not a great... Episode of Raw for the Raw Women's Division, as in they need to fit, they need to figure out a road to WrestleMania, or at least a what match is going to be for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Decide that and start bloody building, because this division needs direction. To be fair, it might have been Lacey Evans, Charlotte Flair. That was a massive thought that Lacey Evans was going to win the title off Asuka at Elimination Chamber. That's not happened. Now what do you do? Well, immediately it's staring you right in the face. Charlotte Flair, Asuka too. It's right there. <laughs> it's just doing Charlotte Flair and Asuka again. So yeah, I guess you could do Charlotte Flair beat her again if you really want to put Charlotte Flair over as a massive deal. Really, personally, Asuka as champion, not had anything to do. <laughs> it was like, Asuka has not had one feud since becoming champion all the way back in, what, November, October? Uh, she's not had one feud. Only defended the championship twice in four months, and both were Raw matches ending in DQ as part of other stories. <laughs> it's like Alexa Bliss and Lana. My God, <laughs> that is like as and she's the champion as well. They've, they've she's the champion. They've got nothing for her. The the main storyline is Charlotte Flair, Lacey Evans, which I guess in terms of who has the championship, it then makes sense to put it on one of the acts involved in your single women's storyline. Well, again, the Nia Jax and Baszler have got their own thing going on, so maybe that's a bit mean. <laughs> but they've got their whole thing going on. I did it. I did the joke. I said the thing. Say the thing. <laughs> but I... Uh, yeah, it sucks for Asuka. An amazing talent, but when she's champion, they've never known... Especially as a babyface, they've never known what to do with her. She becomes champion, then it's just bleh. And it's uh, two reigns in a row now. Where it's like, if you don't want us to be champion, guys, you don't have to make a champion. 
Uh, I mean, look at the rest of the division. Do they have much of a choice? It's Again, it's the issue of only building a select few that when those select few are either injured or aren't able to compete or have to leave or have some time off, that means you've, your division's not got anybody, hasn't got any depth, and that's not great. Anyway, Charlotte gets feuds, though. And again, this one writes itself. Perhaps building to that, well, like with Flair costing the duo the match once again on this episode, uh, the champion having enough, finally. Again, it, the match isn't really worth re- <laughs> not the uh, For me, the memorable thing that happened was Shayna Baszler accidentally kicking one of Asuka's front teeth out. And I didn't notice that when I was watching it. I must have been writing this script and just just giving out on <laughs> what, what was happening in front of me. But, again, it wasn't a bad match, but I just didn't care. And the presentation of no hype, no promise adventures didn't help. And then, again, Asuka just feels like a third wheel, but now they're going to have to refocus and make her a more focal point because Lacey Evans leaving. And, um, and it's going to be taking some time off. Like... Yeah, it's... Hmm. But they had Flair cost Asuka the match again, but Asuka finally is like, no, you've cost me so many times, I don't care anymore. And not accepting the apology handshake, uh, Flair clearly having to deal with her own crap to be able to concentrate, which we then got later in the show, where she found her dad backstage and got everything out where they pretty much seemingly put the storyline, hope, hopefully not on the back burner, but, you know, just... Like, we can't do it anymore. We're just going to close it off. We're going to stop it now. And uh, backtracking the insinuation that Lacey's baby was Flair's from last week. Yes, it was very strong. (laughs) I can't say it. So I put an insulation. That's not right. (laughs) Insinuating. (laughs) You don't backtrack insulation in script. (laughs) But yeah, backtracking the insinuating. That happened. And it was insinuating (laughs) what they did last week. And I feel like if Lacey Evans had not been... Again, the situation is still that they you know, they did it, even if the baby ain't his. But it felt like the, the change here was he never did. And we're just going to close it off here. Let's move on next week. And honestly, that was something that needed to happen, given they're completely changing course now, or like they're going to have to. Like, hopefully, this puts this whole awful story to bed. And I will also add... I felt that Charlotte did a great job here with the emotion of like having enough with Ric Flair and just getting it all out there. And uh, Ric Flair spoke back and thought Charlotte Flair was again purely honest, not holding back any words. And yeah, she did the uh, lip quiver, which the Flair, when the two Flairs have a promo with any emotion, they expect one of them to cry. <laughs> it's become the trope of their promos. But it fit this one. And it was somebody who has finally had enough and is being entirely honest with their dad about this. I was I was really behind it. Yeah. I thought that worked. It was a very good performance to cap off a god-awful storyline. And it's like almost like a saving grace. Like, the like saving grace thing was Sami Zayn when he was doing that Three Sisters storyline with Bobby Lashley. Sami Zayn then got injured for quite a long time and he was out for a while. It's like, oh... He's like, oh, he's dodged a bullet. Given <laughs> what's happening there, so uh, Mercedes Martinez not as not as fantastic as the best dodged bullet in Mercedes Martinez getting out of retribution and ending up in like number one contenders land on NXT. Like she dodged a bullet <laughs> and is landed on her feet. So yeah. Anyway, hopefully after this week they can move on to something now. Where you've seen Charlotte Flair, like her performances in the ring, and she brought that up in the promo as well. Like she is not herself, and she's directly talking to Ric Flair about this, of just telling him go home. 
and hopefully this does put the whole thing to bed. Hopefully. There's always the worry that Lacey returns and they just start it up again. But <laughs> hopefully not. And again, the angle I'd go with, or the story I'd go with, Charlotte Flair Asuka. Go with that. It's, it's your biggest match on more. No one else is built up. Why not go for it? Uh, you can have a more... I feel like a... Like Naomi, Lana, Nia Jax, Baszler, and... Who's the other team? A Dana, Brooke, Mandy Rose kind of triple threat at WrestleMania might be fine. You've got... Again, after watching this Raw... Because I've got two more matches to talk about. Oh no, I've got three. I keep forgetting that this match really felt bloody full of filler. Proof is, I've got like three lines and then maybe one extra line just to cap off my reviews for the next three matches, which tells you something. Because normally I've got like a fair bit to talk about and I've got talking points to bring up. But the next three matches are all very similar length as the show, for me, completely fell apart into filler land for just this next little while. It's not a great run. I'm not. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> uh, but well, after watching this particular episode of Raw, immediately I'm like, "What the hell are you going to fill this WrestleMania card with?" <laughs> That's my biggest worry. They've got two nights of WrestleMania, and I've checked it now. I know the date: Saturday, the 10th of April; Sunday, the 11th of April. And they've got their big main event matches. You got your two championship matches. That's great. You're going to have Bianca Belair possibly versus Sasha Banks. That's also exciting and great to see. Um, maybe you fix your little championship issue with Belair suddenly challenging Asuka then you get, get Banks Bailey again oh, I don't know what else to go with but what else are you going to fill this card with because especially on like the Smackdown side I think is fine they've been building that up really light nicely it feels like there is at least direction for a lot of the characters they've got a, what feels like a really strong mid card as well the championship seems been uh, tag team championship side has been bubbling without a lot happening but it's been bubbling however Monday Night Raw all over the place. <laughs> just, again, so many matches are either... The entire mid-card was, felt either filler or repeat matches. And the closest to it that wasn't was, I guess, the Charlotte Flair match. Because at least that then led into her having her talk with Big Flair. But again, no hype, no promos, no entrances. It doesn't make it feel like a big deal when you're watching it. And it happened with both matches for the women tonight. Um, yeah. I feel like next week that they, they will get them. If for some reason this week is what happened, but yeah. anyway, so uh, I blast through the next two matches: Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus, a post chamber clash with an angry Shamu. Uh, my fatigue point for this show set well in following the women's tag team match. Uh, I was uh, like, was Jeff able to defeat the Irishman? No, of course not. <laughs> but they had a wee back and forth contest, commentary putting over the wear both men had had. Uh, giving Sheamus a win before we surely build into a match for Drew for Fastlane. That is my prediction for there. But yeah, you got Sheamus on telly with a win in a relatively hard-fought match. Uh, but why should I care, really? <laughs> uh, Naomi and Lana versus Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. For me, the low point of the show. Our second women's tag team match of the night with no build, hype or entrances. Like, I really wouldn't be surprised if it comes out that this Raw was rewritten, if not still being written at airtime, given how this final hour went. And given how short this match was, like, it's been a really, really long time since I've had this feeling watching Raw, but this felt like a Divas era match, like a piss break before your main event. But then AJ Styles Ricochet came out, so it wasn't. <laughs> like, you've got three minutes, including you standing in the ring getting T-cards and stuff. Don't do anything spectacular. Go. 
Like, wait, like with the main event going the way it did, Jesus Christ, did they like the show have time to fill? Like last week's gauntlet took up so much of the show. This week was no resting, big lads going at it, which means the match isn't going to be particularly long. And what did they fill the show with? They did it with nothing time-wasting filler. A one-match show, if you will. Some things progressed, but the bulk of this card felt so meaningless. And that I'm and characters in limbo waiting for WrestleMania to kick in. That as a show as a whole, not a good show. And another case of point for me is to count how many in-ring segments there are. Because a show seemingly with purpose and direction, that means that your segments get a little bit more fleshed out. And you end up, and maybe you get your backstage segments as well to kind of link into it, so you get a bit more time there. But you you won't be in double figures. You'll be eight or nine. I think last week was like six or seven because of the gauntlet. And you won't be in double figures. This week was 11. And with case of point of, I worry when they break into double figures, but the fact they broke into 11 <laughs> tells me, oh, yeah, again, you did not have the structure of this show like set out. And this match here is just... What was the point of it even existing? At Nemo and Lana winning with a... I think I called it a double X factor. I heard somebody else call it as well. And that's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> Both jumping with Bam. Uh, pinning, I think it was Mandy Rose. And it was in about a minute. So, like, what was the point <laughs> of this even existing? Like, just, you can give all of that time to a, another match earlier on or something. Or AJ Styles Ricochet, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's... I don't know if something earlier overran or if something underran and they had to suddenly fill time. And But again, if they maybe hadn't planned out. Again, stuff like this happens on the show that wasn't planned out. That's why I'm seeing <laughs> something like this. Uh, yeah, it's like they suddenly remembered Naomi and Lana were the number one contenders. So she should probably have a showing. So they gave them like a minute. It's like, yeah, it wasn't good. In ter- again, in terms of Investment and intrigue in the characters, an ultimate low point on the show. Did not care. One iota, completely fatigued, done with the show, just waiting for the main event. And I felt like that after... Like Charlotte Flair and Asuka versus Shayna Baszler and Jack. So when, as soon as there were no entrances, I was like, what's going on here? In terms of setting the scene for the match and the way it played out and kind of what it led into, and then to have Jeff Hardy Sheamus, then to have Naomi Lana versus Manny versus Danny Brooke, and then before the main event, you have a really quick match that doesn't really build to anything of AJ Styles versus Ricochet. Like, what is this show? <laughs> what is this? Like, I'm sure AJ Styles versus Ricochet was fine. But I'm mentally turned off by this point. If you watch this match in isolation on YouTube, that is possibly the best way to watch this match. If you watch it as part of the show, you will not give a crap. <laughs> you are gone by this point. You are just waiting for the main event. Luckily... The main event, I feel like they absolutely nailed it. In terms of like everything to do with it, to do with the opening, to do with the hour automation, and to, I said automation, <laughs> the one hour automatum, and then the main event itself as well, setting up next week. I felt like each segment was completely nailed. But, again, especially the third hour, complete waste of time watching anything else in this third hour, which, again, feels like a show that was, yeah, it's not, <laughs> not great. Anyway, it was like an AJ Styles match after so much filler. Like these two are great together, but like it wasn't exactly the best situation for them to like do anything. <laughs> uh, it did what it went out to do. AJ got a win over a competitor where they know they have a little bit of back and forth, and almost looked big and strong. Did its job, kept everybody in the roles. Nice. Uh, yeah. 
So it's an odd one. <laughs> That's why I spent the first 20 minutes being ecstatic and happy and really looking forward to next week's show. They did a good job to make me care for tuning next week. However, in the back of my head, I remember outside of the main event stuff. And to be fair, the first hour. Oh, no, I can't say first hour because New Day Retribution was in that. <laughs> the first segment and uh, the US Champion match, uh, sorry, US Champion versus John Morrison as well. That was a decent show too. Then you had New Day Retribution, which uh, it's just like, uh, but after that was Bobby Lashley's ultimatum. So you had care, you had reasons to care in that first hour, even though there was like one match of, uh, but you had a reason to care. But as, as, the, as the show went on, I just <laughs> fatigued more and more, uh, a genuine fatigue point, And again, just waiting for the main event. And that's what I'd call this. It was a one match show. Uh, there were some decent showings. Again, John Morrison Riddle, I guess, is the one worth the shout out. But outside of that, there's no reason to watch this show. <laughs> it, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't grand. It was not great. So even though they've done a really good job of making me care about the main event next week, however, as a show itself, it, like I don't want to watch the show. Like it's one of these ones. <laughs> but case, but as well, I'm going to say I wasn't in pain <laughs> almost. With some of the shows this past year, uh, I have there have been roars which were such a struggle. I've had to stop it, leave, and come back. As in, just <laughs> as in, in terms of flow and continuity of things, as in shows have been so kind of momentum destroying. Before, so for, at some points earlier this in like the past six months or so, it might be longer than that now. But I have reviewed shows where I've had to stop it, mentally get back my head back in the game, and then come back to finish the review. I didn't have to do that this week. I did watch it in all one big bulk. So uh, take that as you will. That doesn't mean it was a good show. Maybe my tolerance is building. <laughs> but it wasn't. Maybe me, me being so knackered meant, well, what, am I, what else am I going to do? <laughs> I've not got the energy. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, it wasn't a good roll. That's the best way to put it. Oh. But to finish on a positive note, I am really into the Bobby Lashley stuff. I, uh, is he going to become champion next week? That is the question of the show. Personally, yes, he's surely got to. Like, yes, that that is the thing I'm most looking forward to. Is Bobby Lashley destroying the Miz next week using using him absolutely ripping the Miz a new one. Maybe after a little bit of teasing, the Miz running around getting a bit cheeky, maybe even getting a surprise like near fall on him or something. But ultimately. The Dominator rises, <laughs> absolutely destroys the Miz and becomes champion in destructive force fashion. That's what I'd want. That is what I would do. As in, the Miz really pays for his actions. <laughs> Karma really arriving in the form of uh, the mighty Bobby Lashley. That's what I would do. Yeah, but anyway, I do have different opinions. I know the there are quite a few people who are strongly behind. Oh, the Miz deserves this. It's great to see him get a run. I've seen some people comment that the Miz is going to get a long championship run, and immediately I'm like. Surely you can like read the storytelling that's happened already before you. And in terms of that, no, I wouldn't call it predictable that Bobby Lashley wins. I would call it foreshadowing. And you, the story you've seen before you, it feels like it is genuinely nicely building to Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. It feels like that's where it's naturally going. And uh, yeah, it's a good job on that front. You know, it'd be nice if the rest of the show had that, <laughs> but it's going all right. Just yeah, hopefully over the next few weeks. Because it's seven weeks to WrestleMania. Hopefully, that's really close to to be watching a show so evidently having no idea <laughs> what's going to happen there. Hopefully, in terms of the show's quality, they figure out WrestleMania 
and uh, the middle of the show starts to get direction because uh, don't know how many more of these I can take. <laughs> not gonna lie, not gonna lie. Uh, so yeah, tune in next week to watch him suffer more. <laughs> Hooray! At least I'll have had sleep this time. Uh, thank God, AW Revolution got pushed back. Thank God, <laughs> it would have been three weeks back to back otherwise. Anyway, so I'll be back on Thursday for the NXT review. Also, the reason I'm so knackered is because not only was it like the second late Sunday after TakeOver and now Elimination Chamber, it was uh, also a builder's been here at my house and he arrives at like 8am. So after Aftershock on Sunday, I went to bed about, I think I got quarter past five is when I rested my head. Uh, builder's there at eight. Oh yeah, daddy. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you do care, I've I've put my Twitch still in my uh, descriptiony stuff, but I'm not restreaming this week. Yeah, I've explained why. Like, oh, daddy, him goes to sleep. <laughs> him does not do streaming. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so I'll be back on Thursday, regardless. I'll, I'll go through the pain. I'll be back on Thursday for the NXT review. I think I'll be joined by guests, so I, that will you know really help. But with that comes a slightly later start time. So instead of midnight, I think it'll be about around this time at one a.m. Maybe a bit after as well. Um, yet to be finalised but yeah I'll put it out there I always put it out on Twitter and hype it when I'm about to go live so yeah yeah so on Thursday around 1am GMT slash 8pm EST oh quick maths get in there <laughs> so anyway what did you make of this Monday Night More show were you as down on most of the show as I was but as high and mighty as high on the mighty <laughs> as I was I'm really into the WWE Championship stuff I'm really enjoying it I they're going the exact direction I was getting excited for at Elimination Chamber. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, with that, I say thank you for listening, liking, watching, starring, uh, engaging, whatever. Hit me up on Twitter at the damn implicate the damn damn. Follow me on Twitch with the implications with uh, two S's. And the reason, again, I'm not streaming this week. It needs to recover. Look at me. <laughs> I'm using the power of lighting to disguise how run down I really am. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I realised it's like, oh, if I put the lighting over that way, that means you can't see this side. <laughs> it's genius. <laughs> it is genius. Uh, yeah. Don't comment your own genius. I'm tired. I'm allowed to. <laughs> anyway, with that, I'm, I'm talking to myself. I'm entering Gollumland. I should go to sleep. So with that, I say thank you for watching no, uh, and listening. I, uh, I'll never take it for granted that for some reason people listen to this. And with that, I bid you adieu. Check out all the wrestling headline stuff. And remember to plug that. There's a reason I put that on the screen nowadays as well. Uh, so with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. Hmm.